Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good? It's the one and only MVP, and I'm here doing room service diaries. Luke and Brian, I actually met them, I believe, in Vegas. You know, honestly, I didn't know who it was going to be. When I saw them just now, I was like, oh, man, cool. It's going to be you guys. Lovely guys, love the energy. I was raised on, like, if you, you make one mistake in school, and a mistake could just be wearing the wrong shoes, and you're getting ripped the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We are joined by one of the most unique MMA fighters, really in the world, uh, certainly in the welterweight division. He's got a big fight coming up, which just got announced today. We were bouncing through London, BC. We like, we can't stop in London without talking to one of London's finest. MV Pizzle. MVP, <laughs> Michael Venom Page. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. A pleasure to be here. Thank yeah, you for having me. Yeah, yeah we're, look- we're in your neighborhood. Yeah. Not really, but more or less, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely, like I said, that this London is small. So as long as it takes ages to get across London, London in general is small, so yeah, I go everywhere. Do you like London? Yeah, you know, I do. I, there's there's a lot that I don't like, and that's more political talk, so I'll leave that. But in general, London is a, is a great city. Well, guys, I was telling you before, off camera, I've been here in 19 years. Yeah, you said. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, There's some cities like you leave and you come back five or ten years later. <laughs> yeah, it looks different. Yeah, shit kind of went to hell, but uh, no, London looks good. Yeah, man. It's, always, it's always new developments and new buildings and things going up all the time. So, it's, uh, And there's always stuff to do here. Always have to do. Yeah, it's a sort of a broader question, but like, we we had an event last night. We met a bunch of MMA fans. We've been here for a few days. We talked to a bunch of fighters. It feels like MMA is big here mm-hmm. and is doing really well, but it feels like there's so much untapped potential. A hundred percent. It's still weirdly enough. I think what it is over here in the UK, they're still a bit more of a boxing country. So they favor more the boxers. They favor, you know, and even that is it's, it's weird. Even down to like uh, sponsorship. So for myself, trying to get sponsorship, especially on the way up, it's difficult because people used to kind of turn their nose up at MMA. So as much as they watched it, as much as they knew who I was, and as much as they kind of knew a couple key fighters, it was still kind of like ah, oh, it's a bit too brutal sure. for our for our company. So um, it's it's definitely slowly coming out of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's not quite there yet. But get, getting the very small taste I've got of British culture here and the attitude of people in there, they seem like it's not like they're they would get caught up on the stereotype of like cage fighting or anything like that. Like like these Londoners feel real. They just wear it on their sleeves. Like, this is what I'm about. Oh, you want to fight in a cage? Go ahead. No, you know what? I think it's it's now that you come here now. I think it is getting to that point. But before, you know, I think people were still kind of stuck on. Oh, it's a bit too brutal. Yeah. And even when I speak to people now, you know, as much as they'll come and support me because it's me and, you know, I have a relationship with them, they're still like, oh, man, like, how long are you going to be doing this for? And, you know what I mean? they got all those kind of questions. So, um, yeah, there's still a slight negative air 
uh, in you know in MMA. Kind of like culture. how Luke looks at Power Slap. You know, I was there a little more than slight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot negative. Yeah, thank you, Dana. Power Slap. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it, I think it's a joke. I can't do it, man. Isn't that insulting to the to the mixed martial artist? Especially with a guy like you who's got flashy. Offense and defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where defense is such a critical component. Yeah, of what you do. I, 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 I don't get it. I see random clips like like come come up on like different feeds on social medias and stuff. I don't understand that at all. Pretty soon they're just gonna start handing each other hammers and just yeah. <laughs> just who's the toughest? It. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be an ultimate hammer? Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Luke. Okay. With your when you. The last time you fought here, well, this was the Logan Storley. No, no, you fought here for the Mike Perry fight. Yes, as well, yes, yeah? yes. So I had the bare knuckle fight, um, which was obviously very different. It's the first time, and I think this had 150 years that they had a you know actual live bare knuckle. That's event crazy, in, dude. In, you had in a, the you UK. Had, you had a lot of balls for taking that fight. You had yeah, a lot of balls, man. I, like man. you know what is to be fair, something that when I say grew on, not that anybody, well, a few people that I knew that was in the kickboxing world had gone and done it, and it was very undercover. Um, so I always used to hear about it and a lot of like fighters that I used to look up to had all done it before and it's just their thing back in the day. So I never thought I'd ever have a chance to do it. And when the opportunity came, I was like, oh man, I have to, I have to do at least one. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, certain people that come up in certain MMA lineages look at Valley Tudo as like the real deal. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's brutal as shit too. No, definitely. Super fucking brutal. Definitely. What, different. Was the, what was the, I mean, looking back on it, what, what, what did you get from the experience? Uh, to be fair, I, I I enjoyed it. It wasn't obviously didn't go the the way I wanted it to, but I just enjoyed the. the I think everybody kind of loved it as much as it was. It's definitely its own type of brutal. Uh, when you when you connect, you connect. You feel every punch. Every even if the punch grazes you, it's different. Even an MMA glove, it feels very different. It's I don't know. My knuckles is bony. <laughs> I mm -hmm. can't even explain. Um, you know, my face, my, my face, my hands were swollen for about a week afterwards. Mm. Um, but it was uh, it was definitely something that I just wanted to just kind of get off my chest. Now, when you share the airspace with somebody like Mike Perry, who comedically, I, I have a lot of respect for his yeah. character. I love Mike, <laughs> Mike, Daddy of Ocean. I love that, that gentleman. <laughs> all right. Did you grow to find any of that same love? Because you guys had a wild, like adversarial, then at times almost like, yeah, well, banner, you're crazy man. and I respect that crazy. Nah, I, I like Mike Perry, man. It's, it's, it's hard not to like someone like him. He just, he's game. He's not, you know, sometimes you get the guys that, you know, they're, they're trolls, but then they can't really back it up, yeah. you know? Um, he's, you know, he likes to be, you know, funny. He likes to make noise and sell a fight. But he's a, he is about fighting, you know. What I mean? So I, you have to respect someone that is For that sure. comes in and actually backs up the talk. Dude, he we we got told the wildest story about Mike Perry yesterday. <laughs> so we talked to Paul Craig. Do you know who Paul Craig is? He's the two hundred five er for the UFC From out Scotland. of Scotland. Yes, yeah, yeah. So he'll do the he'll do the Braveheart thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, so let me tell you the experience here. As an American, I watched it because, like, you know, we saw the uh, Mel Gibson. Play yep. William Wallace, yeah, and we, yeah, yeah. we, you know, it's like it's Hollywood. Like that's that's not real shit that they did. And then as an American, I didn't know anything about it, so he starts wearing that on his face for the weigh-ins and stuff. And I'm like, oh, it must have been real because a Scottish guy is doing it, right? <laughs> we talked to him about it. Do you know where he got the idea from? That <laughs> he ran into Mike Perry in a hotel lobby, and and Mike Perry was like, so you're from Scotland, huh? He's like, yeah. He's like, no, you know, what you should do, you should come out with that blue face thing. <laughs> and so, so fucking. Paul Craig is like, dude, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> that's all Mike Perry. Th that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That wouldn't even surprise me. I was like, yeah, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. He's, uh, 
He's, he's a wild. character, man. He, he's a great character. Great yeah, character. He's, like, he's uh, 2% black and 98% hard. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like that. I like that. No, but he is. He is. And um, to but, be but fair, the, the fight itself. Tell me what you learned in terms of both the... Because he's in pro boxing. Right. So he's done it all. For folks who may not remember, it had to go, correct me if I'm wrong, it had to go to a sudden death round, Mm -hmm. and he kind of edged it out late. Walk me through the fight. Like, what what happened in there from your vantage point? How did it go? So, um, of the first round, uh, usually a feeling that process, he just came all guns blazing, coming in and and caught me. I just made a a silly mistake footwork-wise. Caught me clean and just kind of just rung my bell. Kind of fell over, got back up, and I just realized when I stood up, I was like, my legs are just not with me right now. Mm. But like, you had mental clarity. Just about. Just about. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, my legs are not with me right now. I guess it's actually going to be a fight. Like, I can't make it technical and, and not be able to move because I'm just going to walk into shots again. So I was like, we're, we're just going to have to fight. And <laughs> it just felt like a bit more toe-to-toe. I tried to kind of, every now and again, I felt like I had moments where my legs came back to me. And then... Um, then it would just disappear again. Then it's like we're taking shots, landing shots. Take, it was it was bad technically from my point, but I really couldn't figure any way else out just because of that early shot. So um, that really set the tone for the whole. Yeah, hundred percent. And honestly, I I I personally feel if I didn't get caught so early, it would it would have gone very differently. But even in the last round, uh, um, so when they've kind of announced that, um, yeah, they're going to do an extra round. Yeah, did I you le- remember that was a spe- that, that Yeah, was I remember them saying it. I was like, it's never going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we get to, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to do another round. Everyone's cheering. I've gone over to my corner. I was like, <laughs> I said to my coach, I was like, gosh, I cannot feel my legs. And he looked at me, he was like, fuck your leg, go out there. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. He's like, fuck your leg, go out there. And I was like, fair Who enough. Who is this man. coach? Alexis, yeah. He's uh, the, the head shoot fighter coach. Um, also a guy that's training uh, KSI now as well. Yes, yes. Um, and he's trained Chisora, David Hayes, like just everywhere. He's kind of likes to keep himself silent, doesn't like the the, the spotlight, but unbelievable coach. It's a very Luke Thomas-like reaction. Yeah. Fuck your legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I would have told you. I'll be like, get up there and fight yeah, my Yeah, get back in. Dude, the, but, but the end of that fight was was brutal. It was yeah. awesome. It was yeah, almost yeah. too much. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, because I know, you know, Paul, Paul Malinaji did it. And you can get sliced up. For, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. yeah. For to be there. fair, I, I don't cut too easily, which is why I just swell. So he had cuts all over him. But for me, I just kind of bloomed up. I've looked slightly different for for about a week. But I went to Carnival like the week after or whenever it was. It was good to go? Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was actually worried. I was like, oh, am I going to? I don't think I can go out in public. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. got, by the end, I was icing every minute of the day. And yeah, I was back out afterwards. How do you make decisions now moving forward? Because you're in kind of a cool spot where you're a name fighter. You're in in the title picture in your division, you could have been the interim champion right now. Like, they could have, probably should have been. We'll get to that. But the whole point is you've had two pro boxing matches. You just did a BKFC match. You're 35. How do you know that you're making the right decision on what to take next, when to do it? Because it was a spe- When they announced the BKFC fight, I was like, I didn't even know that yeah. was legal. Okay, yeah. let's do this, you know? I have to say thanks to Bellator for even a lot, for both the boxing and, you know, obviously the BKFC, because if, you know, they wanted to, they they wouldn't, they didn't have to let me, right? You know, um, so that that is, you know, having Bellator as you know my team, I guess, in terms of where I, where I fight MMA allows me to do these kind of things. I always push them a little bit, but um, they're always as long as timing works out. They're uh, 
you know, they're always kind of uh, happy for me to do these kind of things. But with regards to what you're saying, you never know what the best thing or when the best thing is, sure. you know, what the best thing to do. I just kind of have to just go with it and see what happens. I feel like, um, I can't say I've made bad decisions. I think a lot of decisions that I've made has just been the wrong time and things. Because even when I started doing the, um, the boxing, I was genuinely gonna push. I did. I, took, I had my license done the same time as uh, Lawrence Agoli, a big boxer over mm -hmm. here. Fought, fought the same day as Joe Joyce and so on and so forth. And you've seen all their their, their progression since. Um, I had a couple of fights, and then somebody complained that I shouldn't be allowed to be to do both MMA and boxing at the same time, which is ridiculous because. When you say someone, you mean? I couldn't. I, literally, it was a anonymous complaint written in. Uh, to the board, so I got called into the, the board, boxing board. To the boxing board, I got called into the boxing board. They had to sit down and go, oh, "We need to figure this out because you know they've complained." And technically, by the rules, you got. And I sat there like, "Man, I can just go back and do MMA. I don't need to be here. You guys can figure it out. Sure, and let me know when you're ready." Um, and the reason I say that's technically bad timing is because flash forward, everybody's doing boxing. And now I'm getting calls left, right, and saying, we need, we want you to come back to boxing. Want to go? It's like, but I could have already been winning, going like, uh, you know, pushing for belts and stuff within the boxing world as well as the MMA. And I feel competent enough to to do both. Um, and I've sparred loads of names in boxing, high level boxers, and I'm sure every single one can account for my boxing ability as well. And yeah, it just technically those couple of those things happen technically for me was just the wrong time yeah i mean because as a businessman which you have to be as well uh -huh. the the window's small but there are moments if you make a power move that could change the rest of your life 100 percent. and when jake paul and the celebrity bubble opens back up you because like you said you're you boys with ksi right yeah yeah, yeah 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 what is your relationship to ksi oh he trains out he just trains at our gym um like i said he's working with our coach now um i think he's a lovely lovely guy how long you known him? uh ever since he's come to our gym he's been there for about just over a year now yeah, so I saw it was within this morning training. <laughs> what do you think of the whole KSI Jake Paul phenomenon? Again, it's got, it's got a few different like uh, uh, elements to it. What stands out to you? Uh, for me, it, it kind of makes it makes sense. Uh, I I get why everybody jumped on it. It was at, at first a bit disappointing when all the boxing guys kind of jumped in and was just like giving them the the, the platform. I, I was like, I get it if they're doing their own thing, but now you guys are kind of really endorsing them. Um, but then I think that was me earlier on. I get it. The amount of pe his following is ridiculous. Like KSI. Oh, just yeah. That there's all these kind of YouTubers and stuff. Like when I went to the, one of the shows, there's guys that's just running after this guy over here. He's like, oh man, I saw your TikTok, and then they run over that guy. This guy on YouTube, and they run over that guy. And I was like, I haven't a clue who any of these <laughs> yeah. people are. You're getting old, Michael. I'm oh, definitely getting old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely getting old. I just I just don't have a clue. But like their following is. Ridiculous. Like there was a, a family in the last KSI fight. He was in the hotel, um, waiting to kind of cross over. There was a family in the, waiting in the hotel. There was a grandma, mum, uh, two daughters, and a son. And like 17, uh, like nine and six. And they were there for about five hours, refusing that. The grandma was like, I don't know who these people are. I just want to go home. Makes sense. And they had them there. So I don't want to move until I see KSI. Five hours. They were waiting wow. there in hope that they might see him walk past. And the, the mom's like, I can't get them to move. They're just, they're, that's they're like not. Michael they're Jackson like, level commitment. No, I mean, that's 100%, like, yeah. no, 100%. These, these, it's, 
obsessive and then like the seeing all the stuff that's going on with the prime drinks now that is legit crack on the road <laughs> these kids will do anything to get a prime drink and again i was like I don't so will they know why but so i get why people are jumping on it i get because there's a lot of money there's a lot of massive following that you're going to get that comes with these guys um and for me it's a case of as MMA fighters, boxing fighters, you don't, the only difference between us and like the, the likes of like the Jake Pauls and stuff is you don't know where we started. So there's guys in MMA that started as rugby players. There's guys that started as mechanics. There's guys that started as this, but they're not recorded. They're not, you know, they're not publicizing themselves. So if technically, if they was, would people be complaining like, oh, you're a mechanic, you're just a mechanic. You shouldn't be doing boxing. If you take it seriously, any combat form, if you're taking it seriously, I respect it. And I'm watching these guys put in work Calling people out, you know, uh, winning fights. I respect it. The other part, too, about the the Jake Paul stuff, we haven't seen the KSI side, but mm. we've seen the Jake Paul side. The other part, too, about it is, like, it it shows, it reflects the actual truth of consumer preferences. And I'll tell you what I mean. Like, obviously, Mayweather Pacquiao sold a lot of pay-per-view buys in an, inor an inordinate amount, but so did Mayweather and McGregor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The idea that what the public wants every time is number one versus number two, mm. yes, yeah, sometimes they want that, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sometimes that sells well. People just like who they like, and they want to see that against someone else they like. They do, I said this before. Kimbo Slice still has the highest-rated episodes mm -hmm. of The Ultimate Fighter. Mm -hmm. He has the highest-rated event on CBS, and he has the highest-rated event for Bellator ever, mm. ever. Did you know Kimbo Slice is the most popular fighter in Bellator history? No, I didn't know. Kimbo fucking Slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was never going to be a world champion, yeah. but they loved mm, him. Mm. This kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah, right? fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. It, it, that definitely makes sense. And as you say, if you just like somebody, you're just going to follow them regardless of what they're doing. And obviously from the KSI side, I'm seeing him sell out tours doing music sell out you know he's doing podcasts and they're sold out he's doing charity football events and they're sold out everything he touches right now blows up like i said it's just the fan base is yeah. is wild um so i get it i'm seeing him do it in multiple different uh you know industries and the same result so right now he's he's hot and the same with jake paul but with jake paul i kind of after regardless of that the antics and stuff because that's just him selling fights I kind of like what he's talking about with regards to you know the MMA fighters being paid well and stuff. Mm. It's, it's something that I'm an advocate for. Why do some fighters get mad at him for that? I don't understand that. It, it, that doesn't make sense to me because he's technically doing you guys a favor. Yeah. If if he is successful um, in making that happen, then everybody that's in the sport gets paid better. So why like would even you... if he doesn't mean it? And I don't know what level of his Robin Hood thing is like pure and real, or yeah, just yeah. you know it makes sense to be Dana's enemy. Either way, you can people can benefit from the change that can come from somebody that famous enough for speaking out. So. hundred percent, and you know, obviously, you've seen with the uh, Francis and Garni and what's happened there. It's just disappointing. It's, things like that, I think, shouldn't just shouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you guys are. Uh, what should have show, happened there? Because um, Francis, may, like Deontay Wilder, was even calling out Francis for. A, yeah, a I think everyone deal. is now. Yeah, yeah. So like you know maybe it works out in the end, but what, so what did you mean when you say it shouldn't have gone that way? As in, um, for me, as as a you're the, for me you're the biggest and best champion, combat champion because MMA for me is the toughest sport combat yeah. wise, and you're in the heavyweight division. It's a division that everybody wants to see. Everyone loves to see two big people fighting. Um, you win a belt and you're complaining about finances and you're complaining. It's, you shouldn't be that. That stuff shouldn't even be getting out to public. It should. That shouldn't even be a story. Mm. Um, I think as hard as we train to just get to the UFC or get to these higher shows, 
once you get there, you shouldn't still have to be struggling for the same thing. I'm watching people in my gym, guys that come into the gym, train hard, they're busting their ass because they're, they're fighting on the same shows as me. And once they finish their session, they have to quickly get washed and changed because in the evening, they got to stand on the door as a security guard. Mm -hmm. And then they got to do that till six in the morning, sleep for a couple of hours to then get back up and come and train with us again. And they're doing that just so they can, but, but they've already made it, if you know what I mean. They've made it to right. the pinnacle of their career and yet they're still having to do all these kind of things. And I personally think that's disgusting. It shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case. You'd never see an NFL player or a football player or a basketball player get to the height, the pinnacle and have to still be working somewhere else just to keep doing what you love. You keep doing your passion. So you, and then not only have you got to the show, you've got to the highest point of the show. You are the heavyweight champion of the world and you're complaining about finances. It's, for me, that's just, it's a letdown for everybody, I think. Um, and I think these kind of stories shouldn't be coming out. It, just, it should just be like, yeah, no problem. We, before you even complain about anything, this is all sorted for you. I don't know the, the ins and outs. I don't know the specifics on, on um, you know, what he's, he's getting exactly and maybe other pot potential benefits. But yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done better. And that's not just UFC, it's everybody. Do you feel satisfied with, we'll just ask you outright, with your treatment in Bellator? Yeah, like I think is, I went through a phase and I'm not sure if some people might have seen it or not, but I had issues with them. And then they, you know, we sat down with them and they were like, okay, look, next time just come straight to us, spoke to them and then they rectified it. So I'm fortunate. I know not everybody's getting that treatment. And it's, I also know there's other fighters that have complained still in my organization, but they're not as say, popular as me yet. So they, you know, they have to, I guess they have to work their way up. But again, my point is, why are you still having to hustle in the same way once you're there? Mm. Yeah, the system's broken. The, that's, yeah, that's the system the doesn't work. I think you should, there should be some format where, you know, they get a little bit more help in would that Would you like department. to see a union? Oh, a union would help everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, it potentially could slow think certain things down. Yeah. Um, so there'll be a bit of a back and forth before you kind of find, you know, the, 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 the balance. But... Yeah, I guess a union just protects us. And I think we've seen it with like, um, you know, the likes of Ariel Hawani getting kicked out by Dana White and immediately put back in just because he has support elsewhere. And everybody's like, yep, you know, if you're not, if you're going to kick him out, then we're not coming. All right, fine, we'll bring him back in. It's just having that kind of support allows you to, to have a bit more negotiating, negotiating power. Um, and it not just be one-sided because it is. And unfortunately, there's there's times uh, that I've seen, you know, if if somebody, you know, in the UFC or in other shows are unhappy about certain things, you can get cut as well. So again, then potentially your next paycheck down is very different to what you were getting there as well, because you know they they, they dominate the majority of the, the the sport. So it's it's very difficult for, for fighters. You have to be careful. You don't want to piss anybody off and you, you always start like treading on, treading on eggshells while still hustling. Nah, we just, just make enemies. Yeah. <laughs> we just make enemies. <laughs> like I said, the part two, it's like, it's a very hard, it's a very difficult industry in which to be candid. Yeah, 100%. For all the people who claim they're tough guys, boy, it's really not the case. Like they, mm -mm, mm. like they get very upset with, with, with words, uh, it's kind of a contradiction, but it, it's true. Right? Okay, they're, they're tough in different departments, though. I think right. the, the one thing that we don't talk about is that just the, the mental side of just even getting to a fight or the mental side during a fight. Um, I've seen, and I'm sure loads of people have seen it, 
you see some the, some of the most amazing athletes in your gym and they just struggle to transfer that when the, the lights are on. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? The, mm -hmm. the, 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 the crowd is there and the lights on and all of a sudden they're like, you know, deer in headlights and it's, they don't, they struggle to get over that. I'm fortunate to kind of yeah, you're the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I, I get lifted from that environment, but not everybody's the same. Like even when, when, when the um, COVID stuff happened, people were like, oh, you know, how do you think it's gonna, you know, it's gonna affect people? I said, weird enough, I think we'll see better fighters come out of it because they'll go there thinking, almost feeling like it's another training session. Sure. And they'll probably f perform better hmm. than when, you know, when there's a crowd there and there's a bit more pressure. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people, in a lot of sports, the same thing happened. What's your makeup? What's your background that that lifts you? Because I've seen it. It's funny, right? Like with you, it brings you alive to a degree. And I, you know, what's funny. I saw in wrestling there was a guy named Kyle Dake. He's the only guy in um, in uh, in amateur wrestling in, in college in, okay. in the United States. He won the national title in college all four years, but he did it in a different weight class all four oh, years. Wow. Pretty impressive, right? Yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. else has ever done that. And dude, when you would see the lights come on, dude, he was a different, different animal. Yeah, 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 he had yeah. a twinkle in his yeah. eye. But so I've seen it in striking guys. I've seen it in wrestling guys. What is that? Yeah, is, where, that where, is that a negotiation with the anxiety? Because we're all human. So yeah. is it just like, no, I'm in control of this energy? No. I, I, in the earlier stages, I wouldn't say that at all. I think I was fortunate because the industry that I was in before is like freestyle kickboxing, which is similar to taekwondo or sport karate. You once called it 630 striking. Yeah, right? 630, hands down. <laughs> so... That style is is just a very chaotic industry, and it kind of reminds me of like a ju the jujitsu uh, world. You go in there, it's just mats just going on, like, like six, seven mats, and just everybody's moving around. The refs are moving, everyone's shouting. It's, it's just very messy. And I've been doing that since I was five years old. So I'm used to chaos. So for me, I had to just learn, just because of my circumstance, being able to perform in chaos. And it got to the point where because these are people that I travel with and see week in, week out. So, you know, you're friends with the coaches, you're friends with referees, you're friends with just, just other competitors. Um, so I might be in a in an event and somebody calls my name, Michael, um, you know, we need you to coach this guy. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Stand behind him, coach. Next, Michael, can you referee this on this mat? Yeah, no problem. I'll jump on the, ref on, on the mat, start refereeing. I might like to just get called out my name because I need to get ready to go and fight. And imagine having to just rush around doing all of that and then you've got to quickly rush, get changed, quick warm up, jump on the mat and perform. So I had to get used to just turning on in that moment. Mm. And That's really interesting to hear how those muscles got formed. That's a, that's a, I can see it now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, so it's weird enough, it wasn't because I... Dude, I was able to program like acting, myself. Almost like, yeah. like and action. hundred percent. Like, so, yeah. I had to, but I had to get used to that simply because of what I, what was going on uh, prior to. And I always say that I think because of that, I, I really, I, genuinely, I think I could have the worst day. Craziness happen, I can <laughs> crash a car, jump out the car, get into the mat and still perform. Mm. Just because I have an on button now that I'm just used to having to just press and it's just through habit. Then I crossed over to the MMA world and it's weird. I always tell everybody, watch my first ever MMA fight, uh, just the walkout. Because everybody knows me from, you know, oh, dancing, smiling, yep. da, da, da. My first MMA fight, I was like this. <laughs> I was a robot because I was shitting myself. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know, like I, obviously the coaches, I think the belief that the coaches had in me and I, what I've seen of them, let me know that, okay, I, I must be good enough. But 
this is not my world still. This is my first ever MMA fight. And I was I was dying inside and my walkout literally faces straight as hell. I just like I just want this over and done with. <laughs> I got to the cage and again I'm just kinda like pacing around. I got everyone's I got quite a lot of like following from the kickboxing world. You know, they're screaming my name and I'm just I'm dying inside. I was like, I've never felt like this before. Never. Mm. And the bell went and I started fighting. And I was like, the, the second I started bouncing, I was like, oh, this is the same. This is the same as every and literally the same button happened. As much as I had all this pressure in me, it just disappeared in a second. Mm. And then I had a viral knockout. You know what I mean? So it, for me, I was lucky enough to be in that like, grow in chaos, which allowed me to kind of, you know, okay, be you, used to it. So that, that's your baseline then. In baseline, man, you can handle the moment. You mm -hmm. know how to act like a star and sell yourself. But then there's levels to this. And there's a level to be able to almost slow it down. That's how they say in basketball. Mm -hmm. They say like a Larry Bird could just, or Michael Jordan could just see the action mm -hmm. so slow. So uh, is it because of that strong foundation that it's easy for you to jump into a zone? Because you're, as a striker, you're kind of like a, an artist. Like you can, I know you care about winning more than anything at the mm -hmm. end of the day, but I know you really care about leaving your mark in the mm -hmm. moment yeah, as an definitely. entertainer. Like it's part of your mindset. So like, do you feel like you can almost just float in and out of the zone and things just happen? So I, I would say, so the entertainment side of things is both... I think the Caribbean background, um, we're all very loud. I all like trying to get attention. Like love to dance and sing and this and that. So when you see my, if my family's here, like it's just noise. Like it's just <laughs> very festive. Oh, very festive. Yeah. Um, and I guess another, you know, uh, thing that I've been grown in. Um, my, when my dad used to fight in the kickboxing, he was the same. He used to put on a show, dance and stuff after kicking someone in the head. So I've seen it as well. Yeah. Um, but then also. Like I said, imagine going to these competitions and there's multiple different mats. People used to compete. So if you're fighting, not even if you're, I'm not fighting a, the next top guy, if I'm fighting on area one and he's fighting on area three, I'm trying to drag as many people over to my mat right. and he's trying to do the same the thing. Game within fuck, the game within the game. It was hey, weird. Fuck mat three. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fuck mat three. I'm going to do some crazy kick over here. Everyone's like, oh my God. And then rush over to your mat. So it that became a weird battle in itself. And it got to the point for me where I was, they used to do so much antics that the second I jumped on a mat, the competition stopped because referees wanted to see me fight as well. They're like, time, wait. And just <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be like standing there, there'll be a crowd around my mat, and I'm like, yeah, I, I love that. You're like, so I, I won. Think, I don't just yeah, matter if yeah, I won yeah, the match. Yeah. I won. I won everything. Yeah. <laughs> so that for me as well also helped with that that performance side of me, and I kind of, I think just I've spent years of people just trying to punch and kick me. Um, yeah, but you tend to create these moments, and even if you don't land the moment, that I watch you differently than I watch other elite mixed martial artists. So I say I used to say this about the Cuban boxers, right? Mm. They believe in their craft so much that it's almost art. It is art to where if there's ever a criticism ever of a Cuban boxer, it's like he's so focused on on painting this picture that he should have done this instead to win the fight. They're artists. Do you walk around and feel like an artist when you're in that? Oh, a hundred percent. I don't. I, I I always for a long time forget that combat is what I'm doing is I always forget that it's dangerous it's only when I talk to when I say civilians like when they're asking me questions about your fighting and stuff and you know I, I forget that punching and kicking people is not normal but no, I've not. done it since I was three years old right. but it's not normal so for me I'm not talking to them like oh like, yeah I landed this punch in their head they're like oh my god but I'm like oh no but it's 
it's a game. Like in my head, I've right. done it for so long. It's a game. I used to punch and kick my brothers and sisters that all used to compete with me as well. And like, if I can hit them, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you have no chance. Do you have a favorite viral knockout? The Pokemon I, ball one? I think the Pokemon ball is probably just going to be the one that is just attributed to me. Yeah, attributed to me the most. How, I've actually had a kid go, like, you're the Pokemon man. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what, was, what was the fallout from that? Because there was so many things that happened in that time, obviously the injury itself drew a lot of attention. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. The, yeah I want to ask you about that in a minute, but yeah, go ahead and make this. this the, inju the injury itself drew a lot of attention. The... Um, the jump knee drew a lot of attention and then the Pokemon celebration drew a lot of attention and just all three of those things at the same, like that obviously happened in that moment. It just went, it went crazy. Um, but it's weird. Like, I get similar to what I spoke about earlier about how people were a bit standoffish about those things. So we were, we had Nintendo like reach out to like, I think it was um, Paradigm. And they're like, man, that was, we got, we you know, we saw it. It was great. <laughs> da, da, da. So they're like, yeah. So how about we do some work together? And they're like, yeah, but it's a bit brutal for our audience. And I was like, mm. that's crazy. But I, I kind of get it. But then, yeah. So um, it was just a lot of noise. And it just kind of, I think, it was a, a lot of fighters that maybe didn't respect me at that time started to second guess themselves and were like, actually, this, this guy might actually be a problem. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, you can fuck around and find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. That injury, I, want, I thought about that injury like, so we're talking about Cyborg Santos. Cyborg yeah, Santos. Yeah. If you didn't see, you cracked his skull actually in a few places at the very front, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at the x-rays and I thought to myself, I was like, now the good news is, A, he'll be okay. Mm -hmm. B, this is a very rare injury. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen it since. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself, I was like, dude, if this was a thing that was like, like imagine if you got in a fist fight, you run the risk of every time that happening. <laughs> MMA wouldn't be legal. Yeah, 100%. You couldn't have the sport. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was so, nearly faces of death. Yeah, <laughs> so like, we'll allow this exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. one of the most fucking insane injuries I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, Did you yeah. know it right when he hit it? Not at all. So I, when he, because he got hit and turned away from me face down. Yeah, so he got kicked the mat with his Yeah, like, yeah, he's he kicking. Like, so He was holding his face, well, right? So I assumed that I got his nose. So I knew he was like he's a because he's kicking. I'm like I know you're not knocked, you're yeah. not knocked out. You're just in pain. So I, I just thought yeah you know. But he, even the sound when watching it back didn't sound like that to it me. Sound like an egg being crushed. Yeah, in it hand. was like it was like the you know hitting a home run. That, yeah, that that sound just went out. But I didn't hear that in that moment. I just did the jump. And it, another thing is I've landed knees before, and most of the time I get a cut or I feel bruised from the, the me landing the knee nothing so this must have been the perfect connection yeah yeah and like i said like one in a gazillion chance of this ever happening um yeah it was it was weird it was weird were you worried at all like i always the day after yeah because it's it's like obviously you feel <laughs> for the fighter who's injured but i often feel for the guy who fought the other guy mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. does it not change because they are mm -hmm. always like dude i didn't like i'm not trying to send yeah, this yeah, person yeah. home in this condition mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so the because i did again i didn't know that that evening so my coach said he saw it because he saw him when he was walking out and didn't want to ruin my evening. So he was just like, didn't tell me. Mm. The next day, uh, my sister sent me a picture of the, the picture that he put out uh, from hospital. So when she sent me the picture, I started laughing because my family are full of jokers, yeah? So I assumed that she edited the picture. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too, like, you guys are too yeah, deep in the meme generation yeah, yeah. here. You know? I thought she edited the picture and she was like, ha ha ha, look what you did. 
And I was like, started laughing. She's like, no, this is, he put the picture out. This is serious. So I was like, are you bit, what? So I phoned uh, my coach. He, saw, he kind of confirmed it from uh, Paradigm guys. So we started to try to do things to raise money and so on and so forth. Because I heard he's, he teaches. And, um, but again, this guy's a man of all mans. One, he checked himself out of hospital, even though he shouldn't have. I think he flew home as well. That wasn't smart. It wasn't smart. Done it. Um, to have the operation uh, home. Um, and then all the money that was raised, uh, he gave it to, um, I think, one of his charities. Wow. Was gonna give it away. So he's like, I don't need money. And then gave gave it away. So much respect to him yeah. as well. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, it, you know, it wasn't a bad, obviously it was a bad injury, but in terms of what happened afterwards, and he, he's completely fine. I wow. mean, I mean, that's a, and there may be the moment when the highlight reel of MVP one day is finished that sticks out first because it was so crazy. Yeah. But dude, no disrespect to a guy I've always in, I've always liked Caveman Rickles because he's a badass. Yeah, 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 yeah. You 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 did things to him that Anderson Silva did to Forrest Griffin. You know what I mean? <laughs> that it was just like it was supposed to be a video game and you were the controller. And I mean, you talk about in the flow in the moment. That's it, right? Yeah. No, I definitely. There's you'll you'll always see in a fight with me is it starts off, I'm a bit, not cautious, or cautious, yeah, I say cautious in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm faking a lot, I'm moving a lot, I'm trying to read, I call it attaching strings. So I'll fake my jab to see what hand or what leg twitches for you. And that's my string that I attach to mm. that. So if I twitch and that leg twitches, I'm like, okay, you like to do this when I do this. Um, and I'll do it a couple of times just to see, okay, oh yeah, you definitely, you know, you're, you're waiting for something when I do this. And if, so, the first minute, if you did that, seconds. I'm just going to cover in the fetal position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. You're not attaching any strings to me. <laughs> so that's that's what I usually do in the earlier stages, just to kind of work out what my opponent's looking for as well. Um, and you're then, playing marionetta in your head. You're like, I'm, I'm, I can yeah. make you do this. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And then that's when, when you start seeing me, you know, shoulder rolling and like smiling. For me, I've attached all the strings I need. And now it's a, it's a case of how am I going to, which what which what, which move am I going to assign to this? It's literally like Luke and uh, what's that game Here you play? Go. Here we go. Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> there it is. I do love Mortal yeah. Kombat. You do? You're, you're, MK fan? You're, you're doing it with your fingers. The thing is, I don't play any video games oh, yeah. except Mortal Kombat. Okay, okay, That's okay, it. okay, okay. I don't play shit else. Fair uh, enough. Uh, do you have like a favorite Bellator win for you? Here's why I bring it up. Like I wonder about the Douglas Lima win because you did lose to him the first time. Yeah, yeah. Then you get the redemption in the second time. Mm. It's been. It's, it, is that your last win? I think that's pretty close, right? Mm. In MMA, was it? I think it was Derek. I can never remember the order, but but in any case, yeah. Is that is that the most satisfying one to get that one back? Mm, yes and no. Really? Yeah. Yes and no. I, again, I, I think I don't know if I can I can be hard on myself, but. As much as I won, I didn't get it the way I wanted to get it. Mm. Um, so it's a win and it's you know great. But yeah, I, I, I wanted and I know I can get more out of that situation. So it wasn't like a... There's been many a times where I've won fights and come away pissed, like furious at myself because I didn't do what I wanted to do. So yeah, I mean, I gotta ask, what happened against Paul Daly? It wasn't the fight we we thought. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I, did, I that was quite shocking for me in terms of what he, the game plan that he came out, I think. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Annoyingly. A lot of wrestling. Yeah, he turned into a wrestler that day. But I think, annoyingly, the potential of the million dollars made him focus more on the money than this fight. This issue that we've had for however long it was. So he tried to cheat his way through. I was just game like, let's fight. Let's, let's settle yeah, this problem. Yeah, it was properly. like an adult movie with only dialogue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the chick's hot. But I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> so yeah, it, that was, was annoying for me. Um, um, personally, and I, I never like to even make excuses, but I think we're far enough away now. Um, but oh, I'm trying to think the timing of it. I believe it's like three or four months before my father passed away. And it was weird because my coach even said to me, even after the fight, I was trying to find any reason to pull you out, but you were doing everything right in training. In which I said to him, the only reason I was doing everything right in training is because that was my piece. Because right. if I had to go home, yeah. my mind was just going crazy. Right. So I was in the gym more, training and doing everything right. Weird thing is, second I got to the fight, I had nothing in my head. I got there, bell rings, and I was blank. Then he starts wrestling, and I'm like, oh, I know this move, don't worry. And then he takes me down, I'm like, okay. And I can almost hear myself thinking step by step, okay, what do I need to do now? And you can't be that slow in a fight. Right, it has to it's, be reactive. Yeah, yeah, it has to be reactionary. Um, and I just scraped uh, a, a win, and I think it's more to do with the last round. Well, first round, he decided to just run, which was annoying, but stupidly, that gave me the round. Because I think I only landed like two, like a punch and a kick. But he didn't do anything. And he was on the back foot. So that, he kind of gave a round away. Then kind of made it back up with, the, with a lot of the wrestling. Uh, we had a couple of even rounds. And then the fifth round, he made a mistake. And I ended up taking his back. And then landed a load of shots. And I basically, I finished uh, the fifth round on top. So you gave me a round, you gave me the fifth round, I only had to win one, one round in between that. Um, and I can't remember what round they gave me. Um, but yeah, I felt like the, the, the game plan he came for was just stupid. He should have just tried to strike. Like you, you put your best foot forward. But for me, that also shows how intimidated he was of me. I don't mean like scared of me, I just mean like worried about me landing a flashy knockout or knocking out the million. He didn't want to yeah. get, he didn't want to get memed. He didn't want to get memed and he also just wanted to just sneak the the go focus more on the money. And it, again, disappointing for a lot of people, including myself. I wasn't in my the right mind frame, but the fact that I won that fight shows me that he if he actually just fought, he probably would have knocked me out. You think so? Cuz well, the way I was it, how I feel about how I was in that fight. Oh, I see. My mind wasn't right, wasn't right. wasn't there. So technically, if he just put his best foot forward, the likeliness is he probably could have just just won. 
And this game uh, is so unfair, and I'm sure you you feel that as a public figure, win or lose, people coming at you. But it's like you beat Paul Daly, and you get criticized for you know you got lucky or you didn't deserve it, mm -hmm. and then you fight for the interim title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happens all the way around. <laughs> and and you know every, from your game plan mm -hmm. to how you defended against Logan Storley to to you know you got wrong. that was that was here in London, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get taken down, but you get back up. Mm. You win the the striking moments. That's a different scenario because it comes down to judging criteria, yeah. which I feel like is all over the place. Yeah, from definitely. Judges to media members definitely. to fighters. Like, no one really knows no one exactly really knows. <laughs> what it is. I mean, I felt like you took that like a gentleman and a sportsman, but that's that's the game, right? You could be the interim champion right now, and it came down to judges' interpretation of whether he was active in the guard, which I don't think Logan was when mm -hmm, he took you down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, and I, I agree with you. For me, I, this is the side that I guess people haven't seen of me is, like I said, when I was in the kickboxing world, I used to get my ass kicked week in, week out. We'd drive three hours down to, to Manchester and drive all the way up to Scotland and drive to this place and that place. Every single weekend we were somewhere and I'm fighting all day or I get there and, I, and it's knockout. So you get there, first fight, lose. And I have to sit down and just watch everybody. <laughs> all my brothers and sisters still fighting and then I got to watch the adults going because the kids went first. Then we have to sit down and watch the adults and... You know, we start, the day starts at seven of us getting picked up in the morning, drive all the way, three hours down to a competition starting at 10. And then we're there till nine, 10 and have to drive all the way back. Mm. This is every weekend. And seriously, those guys that I'd get there and every time I saw them, I was like, shit, man, like, I'm just gonna get my ass kicked. And that was for at least four or five years as a kid, but four or five years. And it's, I think as a kid, it was difficult, especially I think a lot of the kids nowadays are too impatient. I don't think anybody would have stayed. I think I stayed just because it was a family thing. But you know, we're driving all the way up, you know, feeling good, get there, I lose. Everybody comes back with medals on their neck. I don't know, I'm sitting there like this and I'm just hearing clink, 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 moments, clink, clink. Those moments grind. Yeah. You know? Everyone's <laughs> like slick Rick. Yeah, man. And my brothers and like my brothers and sisters, like my older brothers and sisters, they were really good from, from young and they would always get like place. My sister was really good. My brother's really good. And I got a lot of the adults. So we had a team called London Predators. They were unbelievable. Like people used to get scared just seeing you in your uniform. Um, they did, you know, everywhere we went, made noise but just not me <laughs> well it, Bro, like, do you watch karate kid like the, the tv show oh yeah I've, uh, yeah I, I think it's getting a bit sameish now but i still watch it i mean i don't watch it because i don't like i don't, yeah, I don't, Cobra Kai I don't now, find yeah. the lives of teens interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah but short of that i, I, I wondered if you felt like a little watching it this guy loves the lives of teens. <laughs> Ty tyron yeah. woodley plays sensei odell it's a great Listen, role there's right? a reason why romeo and juliet is shakespeare's worst work <laughs> Don't give a shit about the last. You're saying teams. Romeo would have ended up waiting in the diner that I go to? My uh, yeah, for the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the waitress. <laughs> she had her day, though, and in her day, woo. You know. No, the spirit of my question, though, which I, didn't, I, I said incorrectly, was like you get you know villainized when you win a close fight people didn't love, mm. and then you fight great against Logan and could have actually won, and people mm. were like, that might be the best performance you, of his career. Yeah. You know? Did you think you had won? And in the moment, yeah, I did. Uh, and before they, I was, before and, they announced. Yeah, and my coach was telling me kind of like, letting me know how things was going on. I knew it was going to be close, but in my head as well, I was like, he hadn't done enough as well. Even like when I was in like dangerous positions, I was like, I'm, I'm, even I was talking to him during the fight, I was like, you can do better than Your this. face was not marked up. I wasn't, yeah, nothing, nothing. And it's weird because even, I don't know how he feels about it. I haven't spoken to him again afterwards, but there's pictures of him and like videos of him and he, he looks so disappointed. Again, I've been disappointed winning, but in a different way, not because it was close, because I've made mistakes. But, you know, I still got a knockout or something, but I'm just disappointed in a couple of things that I could have done better. 
him, he just seemed very frustrated. Even his speech afterwards, like, well, what do you expect me to do? It's MVP. I'm not going to stand in front of it. Like, he, he kind of lost his shit. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm not, I'm not shy of losing fights. You know, I'm, I'm good at what I do, which is why I win more than I, than I lose. But a loss is a loss. You, it's obvious you grew up in that. You, that that's just the environment. And, and amateur wrestlers say it when they went to tournaments all yeah, the time. You know, yeah. I got used to losing. You have to get used to dealing with it. Dude, in the sports where the best fight the best, like, dude, the best lose. Like, I'm sorry, 100%. they just lose. And it's just you are the better man on this day. It doesn't right. mean I can't beat you. Right. It just means you today, you are the better man. We don't, people who don't watch like the other co the combat sports where there's lots of competition all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't understand. Like, do look at Jordan Burroughs, like the most decorated American wrestler ever. Mm. Dude, I've seen him get... Absolutely, mollywalked yeah, yeah. by some yeah, of the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. It just is inevitable. A hundred percent. Okay, so if there was any question that MVP's desire to win a title was, you know, stopped at all with the tight loss to Storley, you're coming right back against Goichi Yamauchi. March, oh, yes. what's the March tenth? March tenth, San Gold Jose. Yes. And for people that don't know, no, there's the the two fights in the uh, Grand Prix that are going to be in there. Usman Nurmagomedov is going to take on Benson. Benson Henderson. Henderson. Yep. A lot of interesting fights Big up and down fights, that yeah. card. Now we add that fight to the card. So look, he's coming off a very impressive knockout. Very one. impressive. Was that yeah. Neiman Gracie? Yes, Neiman Gracie. which yeah, I did yeah. not think he was going to do. But he also yeah. does like fun shit and a fun yeah. these are yeah, two yeah, yeah. guys that do fun shit that are coming together and oh by the way also, probably, he's going after your legs it's I mean, probably a number one know. contenders fight yeah. <laughs> so are, are you thinking like man we can make some fireworks and I can get back to the title here yeah so again just I always say anybody that thinks I'm like you know lost interest um, after losing to Douglas Lima I fought five times and after every single time I'm like I want that fight again I want that fight again I want that fight again I was just calling him out they, they wouldn't give it to me. I was like, cool, give me another fight. Like, immediately. Fought five times in one year just to get back to what I needed to do. Uh, after that fight, I was like, when am I fighting again? Because I'm trying to get back. Same same attitude. They were like, unfortunately, we don't have the space on the, the, you know, the shows that we have uh, coming. It's not going to be a little while, which is why they gave me the opportunity to fight uh, Bare Knuckle. Just to kind of, because they know I'm just going to be sitting there bugging, <laughs> bugging them every day. So like, okay, let, let him do something. Um, you know, while while we're, we're sorting stuff out over here, now it's time for me to get back, and it's the same attitude. It's gonna be different. I kind of not that like I did. Ex I didn't expect him to knock him out like that, but I kind of did expect that both their two jujitsu stars to cancel each other out, mm. and it was gonna be more of a striking thing. And there's a lot of stuff that I've seen with Neiman Gracie. I don't rate his striking. He kind of goes, he's aggressive and like throws big shots, but it's just very predictable. It's not. There's no real um, combinations and things that put together well, in no my panache. opinion. Yeah, no, nah, no panache. <laughs> but um, so it didn't shock me. I was shocked at a knockout, but it didn't shock me that he, you know, he won the fight. Um, and but dude, yeah. he stood there and like he yeah. headbutted Neiman Gracie's punches like, <laughs> on purpose, like that, and then polished him off. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this yeah, is yeah. a guy that fought. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yamuchi has fought at 145. Yes, exactly. So he's knocking out a true one. Yeah, exactly. Immigration is not the biggest 170 I've ever seen, but he's he's no, a true welterweight. He's a big welterweight. True welterweight. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, and he can I was, take a punch impressed. too. He can take a yeah, punch yeah, for a while yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Yamuchi? No, no Gracie. Uh, Gracie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he's a tough guy. Like yeah, yeah. I was, I was impressed. I was surprised. No, definitely. And the thing is, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got the most submissions in Bellator as yes, well. Yes, he's got the most in Bellator history. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he's yeah, like you said, he's that's where he's gonna be best. With Neiman Gracie, it probably smart for him to be like. There's no reason for me to 
see who's better at jujitsu. We can do that on the mat somewhere yeah. else. Here it's about winning the fight. And yeah, uh, that's why I thought it would cancel out. It seemed more like Neiman wanted to kind of take him down and he was just being defensive. Um, well, we kind of have a final four now because if whoever comes out of you and Yamauchi and we're going to get the rematch now, the unification with uh, Yaroslav Amosov, the unbeaten champion, and of course, Logan Storley, maybe with your interim belt, depending on which side of the line you're on. Uh, who comes out of that fight? We've seen it already, and that fight was really good the first time it, around. It first was. one was three rounds, though. It was three rounds. Just three rounds. And, and I don't want to, like, Amosov's been off for a long time, and he's been doing things that are different than training for fights, and we respect that, but, like, we're asking him to come right back and fight Logan Storley. How do you sort of handicap this one? I think Logan might have a slight advantage. From their first fight, to be fair, um, Amosov defended very well because I'm sure it was like something ridiculous. Like he only got taken down was it three times. Not even. I think it was twice. Out of like 14 After attempts. After a gazillion scrambles, attempts. yes. So he knows how to defend, but it did burn him out. Yes. Um, so what we're saying is in the fourth and fifth round, can does Logan Story still have the energy to keep shooting? Right. Because we've seen after three rounds that he was dead as well. But I think both of them were. So it's a it's a difficult one to call. You're 35. You've probably got some time left to do some good work. What do you want to do? What's what's important to you? What what do you what do you want to achieve with the time you have remaining as a uh, in some of the best form of your career? I do want to box again. Probably with gloves on this time. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you get I, I gotta it. Say, for it, right? I gotta say, like, I thought you were gonna win that one, but then when Mike Perry edged it out, I was like, okay, here's what worked against you, right? Dude, that ring is so small. A guy like you needs room to duck and dodge and move and pivot. Mm -hmm. You just had no room. There's a circle. It's too. It's not. It's not. Edges. It's a circle, but it, the the ropes don't go all the way back to the edge of the circle. So the platform itself is actually quite big, but then it's like a. Let's say if this is the edge of the platform, the ropes start here. Yeah. So it just, <laughs> when you actually get in, you're like, oh shit, this is kind of, kind of, phone it's kind of yeah. tight. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it definitely didn't, uh, didn't favor me in that moment, but I would never use that as an excuse. So I, like, I know if, like, you know, if I, if I was to do that again, I know I can figure that out. That's not, no, that's not. So there's not like going to be a three fight series with Mike Perry, one real boxing, one B KFC, one uh, MMA. I like that though. That'd be kind I of fun. I do like that. They'd be good fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah Every yeah, which way, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He's game every every single time. So, okay, but when he asked you what else do you want to accomplish, you win this fight, you could be fighting for for the full title. Is that like still the day one? Like we we mentioned, we we talked to Paul Craig, and one of the big things he told us was like, or who said was that Arnold Allen? Who said it? Yeah, Arnold Allen was like, if I don't win a title, my everything I've done is a waste. He's a great fighter. He's a great fighter. But, yeah, but that, also, I just don't agree mindset. with that. As a, as a spectator, I, yeah, I don't I agree. I, I, don't, I personally don't agree because um, I always look at I think, un, unfortunately, people do look at your medals and your accolades that you do get on the way that justify how good you are. But then you have the, ex, say not the ex, exceptions, but you, if you have people that just look at the sport and the talent uh, in football, soccer, um, there are players that unfortunately, when they went to specific teams, they, the teams just didn't win, but they themselves transformed that team. And that person is an unbelievable player. But because he doesn't have all the medals and the things to go along with it, people are like, oh no, he's definitely better because he's got you know five Champions yeah. Leagues and this and that. And that. 
I don't I don't agree with that. I think the, you can if you can if you're just watching and paying attention to talent, you can you can see talent. Um, but for me, uh, 100% uh, win this fight. I definitely want a belt. You know, um, I think it's it's nice to be able to just say you you've achieved. Uh, so that's the goal. And like I said, I would like to also lean into boxing again. I would love to like, but take it seriously though, like without people complaining about me. Uh, just go in there and actually push to try and get some big fights in boxing as well. You're one of the more interesting fighters who never fought in UFC. Mm -hmm. I wonder how you feel about that. Like, doesn't seem like it was really ever necessary for you. Some guys it would have been more necessary for than others. Um, you know, Michael Chandler didn't go to UFC till like the last chapter of his mm. career. He's made a lot of it. He spent most of his time in Bellator. How do you feel about never having competed there? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't see it as anything big. Again, as, as you were saying about decisions, it's a decision that I made uh, a lot earlier that you know what I'm getting here um, and you know me supporting this show as well was important to me. I feel like I was making enough noise uh, myself. Um, there are a hundred percent. There's always fights I always look at that like, oh man, it'd be it'd be nice to mm. fight against this guy and you know try my skills against this guy. Um, so there's definitely fights I would guess I would have liked to you know have have made over there. But I think it's just part of my journey is what it is. And, uh, I, I once made the mistake because I saw a picture with you with um, uh, Israel out of, uh, yeah, yeah. I gotta say his last name wrong, Adesanya. 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 So I thought he was, and that was the weekend he walked out for the Okoli fight yeah, with, yeah. Uh, was it Anthony Joshua yeah, and yeah. somebody else? I forget the third one. But yeah, no, it was just those two. Just those yeah, two. Yeah. And for some reason, I also thought, like, well, he was saw MVP, so he must be Nigerian as well. You are not. Yeah. yeah. Right? Your family is from where? Like, where are they Jamaica from? and Trinidad. And how often do you get back there? Oh, quite regular. Well, obviously, the last time Jamaica was before uh, the lockdown, and the last time in Trinidad was not too long ago. I think it was last year. Yeah, so I go I go back and forth. But weird enough, I actually done my ancestry, and it's by way of Ghana. Ah, um, okay, by way of Ghana. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go back. Uh, I went to I was in Ghana two years ago, Christmas. I'm going again in Ghana. Is like actively June. recruiting people to 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 move home. People oh man, it's, it's beautiful back. over yeah. there. It is beautiful They're over making there, a pitch man. to uh, African-Americans. Yeah, Incredible yeah. boxing culture in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually sparred some of the guys. Right? Yeah, yeah. I sparred some of the guys over there as well. Um, there's a guy, a uh, famous guy over there called Azuma Nelson. Oh, yeah. Uh, went to his house. Got to, Did you really? Yeah, he went to his house. You know, got invited to his house. He's got a gym in his house. He's trying to train with some of the guys that train there with him. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. I really have to say, I, I just fell in love with the place. As soon as I got there, it just felt like I was like, this is home. I gotta say, Jamaican champions right now. Leon Edwards, Jamaican champion. Oh, man. Aljamain Sterling, yep. Jamaican champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and you, you see Jamaica in the track and fields of the yeah. Olympics. <laughs> it's time to get busy, yeah. dude. Like, that's some, some athletic talent that comes out of there. 100%. 100%. I think Jamaica's always uh, on the map somewhere, but for some reason, whether it be music. Uh, Biggie and WWE. He's Jamaican? Yeah, yeah. Yep, I saw when I was at a resort, they had like a picture of all famous people with Jamaican oh. family descent, oh, and like wow, all wow. athletes, entertainers, and they had this giant picture. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> and you met Usain Bolt, right? Yes. My, you my son had almost like a make-a-wish type thing. His oh, wish was, because he's been uh, battling a lot of physical health and terrible uh. palsy, and his wish, he, because my son runs on the middle school and high school cross-country teams, he looks at Usain Bolt as the, course, the ultimate, yeah. course, you know. Of course, And amazing. we ended up getting a chance to meet him wow. and, and just... What a, wow, I haven't what, met him myself. He what seemed an like icon. a lovely guy. What like a guy, guy that like shows you his real heart. Yeah. And you're like, this is a real dude. You know, it's oh, just a good man. dude. That's nice. Also, another showman. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, no, 100%. Uh, and everyone, you know, just for the 10 seconds that he's running for. Still found a way. It's just like yeah. everybody wants Still to see Still found him. a way. I mean, he was like so far ahead of people. He could like look over the shoulder. Yeah. 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 Like remember when Ben Johnson took all the steroids in 88 <laughs> and he was like turned around and Carl Lewis was like at the starting yeah, block yeah, still. It's, crazy. it's like that with Usain. Uh, I got to ask you because, you know, when my wife and I argue, she'll be like, you missed your calling in life. You should have been a gross defense lawyer who <laughs> doesn't listen to facts and just keeps, you know. Do you feel like with your competitiveness and athleticism that if you had picked a different, a different sport or passion that, that it, it, it could have gone in the same way? So I'll say, yeah, because everything that I seem to touch physically, I do well at. Um, I got into basketball when I was younger, but done extremely well. Football, done extremely well. Cricket, done extremely well. I went skiing on a ski trip. That's a ski trip with a school. And the, the actual coach there was like, would you want to train for the Olympics? I was like... No, <laughs> I like skiing, but he, but he was like, man, you're really good. And da, da, da. like, I pick things when it comes to like just movement, I pick it up really well. Um, so I always, I always kind of excel in these things. But I think it's just martial arts are just because it was just so close to home in my heart, family. It was always something that I, I'd never, I never switch. So I'd be playing football and I get bored, and I'd be doing this, I get bored, I'd be doing this, I get bored. But always in between all of those things, I'm always doing martial arts. Uh, one thing my dad said when he when when I was younger was, so uh, your training uh, and school are the two things you can't negotiate. You have to go. You don't have to compete. You just have to train. Mm. The discipline. You just have to train. You never. I get it now, but he never explained at the time. He's just like, and even when he kept saying, "Remember, guys, you don't have to train. Uh, you don't have to compete." I was like, "Why are you telling us? We love competing, but I don't know why he keeps telling us this." But. Um, yeah, that, those are the two things that are non-negotiable. School you have to go to and uh, training you have to go to. So even when I got in trouble and like, if I got in trouble doing anything, my mum was anno like, would get annoyed and she'd like, oh, you're not going training today? He's like, no, 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 He's like, let him go training. Mm. I get my ass kicked and I, I knew. <laughs> Anytime I'm, I'm even questioning making a bad decision, I was like, I got to go training this week. Ah, forget it, I'll leave it. <laughs> Your mom like, she got overruled when dad was like training. No, but just because she, 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 she kind of she trusted him enough with the the martial arts side to know that I was gonna get punished anyway. So I'll be sitting there like in horse riding stance for bloody ages, like <laughs> shaking and quivering. Because <laughs> <laughs> we started uh, our, the actual thing that I started in was Laogar Kung Fu. So that's the th first thing that we did. But the competitions were kickboxing competitions. Um, so yeah, a lot of our training is like really traditional, old school style training. So yeah, it was it was pain. So your dad got <laughs> to see you become a star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, your dad fought kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so he how fought. proud was he? Like that. that well, he most dads it. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like when you meet most kids, what does your dad do? Yeah, I mean, he's a carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he he fought on uh, for for years. That was, became his passion because he was doing uh, electrician BT. Yeah, so doing the BT phone lines uh, back back then, and he just dropped everything. His mum <laughs> nearly killed him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm dropped everything. He's like, what are you gonna do? He's gonna start teaching kickboxing. <laughs> like, which which what? of your which of your family moved from the islands here? So both of them. So weird enough, my mom moved. So they from grew Jamaica. up over there and then moved. Yeah. Here. So they were. My mom was six, I think, when she came over. I think my dad was a little bit older when he came over. Weirdly enough, there was a uh, something I actually want to talk about with at some point. But there's a weird community back in the day in the UK of Caribbeans that was drawn to kung fu films so That's there used to be a thing called late night cinema and after it showed the commercial cinema 
uh, like the commercial movies, the Hollywood movies and stuff, it would then show a load of like um, Kung Fu films. And for some reason, the Caribbean community was just drawn to that. And they'd go and go late night, watch the film, come out thinking that they could do all the, <laughs> all the different moves that they've seen. But then they would go and seek out um, classes and it became a thing. So when my mum came over, cause she didn't know anybody, her older cousin, Stan Brown, who's actually a master Kung Fu artist, um, she was like, oh, can I just come to class with you? So I guess it's like a social for her. Like, you know, I get to meet people and so on and so forth. And, you know, they would go out to cinema stuff. And that's when she met my dad. My dad was training under Stan Brown. Um, and then obviously she got into it herself. She used to compete and fight. And Mom too? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, so everybody. you start Dude. training when you're three yeah. and your dad's an ex-fighter or maybe a current one at the time. So what do you, what head start are you getting over the average kid? You're getting like discipline, toughness, knowledge, you know, at, at such a young age. And so that's why he said. That's why he said he wanted me to do it. And I think this is why I was so adaptable to going, uh, when I was, I was used to break dance, um, uh, did, like I said, football, this, like, everything that I went into, I picked up really quickly, but I think it's because I had the coordination and strength sure. from a young age, I could, I was just adaptable to, to absolutely anything that was in front of me physically. Mm. Um, so, so no football coach was able to get you into, into the soccer pitch or what? So weird enough, I, I, I had, uh, again, I, so I started off with, I think it was the QPR youth team. Then it was Fulham. Queens Park Rangers. Yeah. Then it was Fulham know youth that. team. I'm, oh, sorry. You know, I'm not yeah. cultured. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, Fulham youth. Then I played for Epsom Eagles. Uh, I did quite a few bits in football. I just didn't push myself enough. Like, even when I went to, so a friend of my mum's, uh, her and her daughter went, uh, used to, she used to have her daughter doing private tennis lessons. And she was like, oh, there's a, a couple of days where she, she could bring a friend if she wanted to. And I was her friend. So uh, she's like, yeah, you can go. I, I went and smashed all the kids that these guys have been training every single day. I've had no technique. And I'm just like <laughs> whacking this ball back and then just go, rushing over to the other side, whacking this ball back and smashing them. And the guy was, re the, one of the coaches there was really interested in me, but my mom didn't have the money for us to mm. continue doing that kind of stuff. Um, so, but yeah, I just picked things up, picked things up. And it has to, 100% I attribute all of it to the martial arts training I did when I was younger. Oh, just as sort of a side note, there's a, I think it's in the Showtime documentary about the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. You ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. So they talk about it. like in the 80s and the 90s, uh, like, you hear, if you listen to Enter the 36 Chambers, they have all those samples from the Kung Fu movies and how there was it's one this, of my favorites as well. Right, and you look at like, you look at all the, uh, like, so the black exploitation movies that came out at the same time, all the Kung Fu inf influences. It's interesting that you said the Caribbean yeah. folks here got into it because if there was something similar happening in New York yeah, around the same, the same time. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who I was speaking, I think it was Renata I was speaking to and he was telling me that his dad, exactly the same thing. There was it's funny culture of uh, things back then, but he, he got into karate, not Kung Fu. Right. But still, they just wanted to do some form of martial art. And uh, and I think he was he did taekwondo or something. Yeah. By the way, as kind of like an acrobatic martial arts guy, do you have a favorite martial arts movie? It's it's hard to and why is it down answer, to one. Why is the answer the raid? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love the raid though. Come on, I love the, the raid, raid. Is amazing. I love the raid though, and even raid two. With the hammers? Oh, oh my God. I've never, uh, so this is especially over here. People don't applaud in cinemas. Everyone tries to be polite. Yes. Yeah. There was, I think there was two moments in that film where everyone, after the fight scene stopped, everyone was just like, it was so instinctive. No one can help it. It was just like, what the hell did I just watch? I they did were, that Star Wars episode seven, not a bit. I was like, I was like no, seriously, because we just needed to get that, the, the prequels oh, on. Oh, when they showed the money. Yeah. 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 
but exactly that. So yeah, I I, I find it epic film, but I love the. I, I'm I think I'm just drawn to a lot of the traditional arts. So the Thirty Six Chambers of Shaolin, mm. one of my favorites. Um, tai Chi Masters with Jet Li is one of my favorites. I think they call it it's because they have different titles sometimes. I think Tai Chi Masters is also called Twin Warriors. So sometimes they have different titles. Um, massive Jackie Chan fan. So a lot Does of all his, stunts, man. Oh, amazing. A amazing. lot of his films, I was like obsessed, obsessed with. Um, so him, John Claude Van Damme back in the day as well. Steven Seagal. So, uh, no, I, I can't. I'm not a fan of him. He so. fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> He's Come terrible. On. His pro okay, yes, the, the rest of his career, I was but his never prime a man. Cigar Come never, on. Never. And I'm I not think, talking about the one where they went to Alaska with the spilled oil. That one was weird. But every other one than the prime run. You know what was, you know what annoyed me about Steven Seagal is he could go get into a car crash, explosion, like jump out of a plane, and his hair was perfect oh, yeah, every yeah. single time not, not a scratch no dirt on his yeah. body nothing but everybody that he was in the scene with was just completely <laughs> fucked up i was like ah this guy's crap man yeah. like well, I, you know well, judo gene labelle made him shit himself so yeah. that's all you, I mean, <laughs> you know that story no you don't know that story no no, oh, no. Yeah. dude they were on the set of a movie and i guess there was some kind of conflict dude judo gene labelle is He's dead now, but like in this day. Well, was yeah. there an argument and a bet that yeah. that Seagal thought he couldn't be choked out? Yeah, or? yeah. Or, or that, that there was someone on set that couldn't couldn't put it on him. Judo Jean Labelle did it and put his fucking ass to sleep yeah. on a movie set with multiple witnesses to it. Like, no, I yeah, believe sorry, it. Bro. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't believe him as a, even as a martial artist personally. But that's hey, he taught opinion. Anderson that front kick. Yeah, even that. Right? <laughs> oh, man, I hate. <laughs> Thank him. Come on, I hated all of that. <laughs> And but yeah, he's, he's, he's now, made a career out of. And dude, rock. now he just dresses like Rosie O'Donnell. It's <laughs> dude, the worst. <laughs> and he plays uh, guitar kind of like a badass, but like he's just like going nuts on dude with his band doing solos. And, uh, and did he become man. a cop for a while? Like he's living them. He's uh, chasing chasing uh, bail jumpers or whatever. So yeah, less not not him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, loads of lot of the old school forms I was raised on and. Absolutely love Five Deadly Venoms is one of the th reasons why a friend of mine called me Venom as well. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. So when John Claude Van Damme walked into the cage and gave uh, who, who Brendan Ward, Brendan Ward, Ward, and gave oh, him an awkward hug afterwards, we're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, say so I didn't see that. Yeah. What was that the last? The last, last battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I only watched the clips afterwards. Yeah. So I never got to see see that. I didn't know he was there. That was cool. He showed that's up. That's cool. That's cool. His hair was looking a little weird. Little yeah, little. you know, he's older now. I, I don't think it's as brown as it looked. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, but that movie where he became a hockey goalie, sudden death, that was pretty cool. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, MVP, we don't have much time left. So one question I sort of wanted to get to was your career has kind of been looked at as like, oh, we've got a guy who's got this unusual style. Could this be a new thing that gets picked up more in MMA? And it hasn't really been too much. Mm. Robert Whitaker has some elements yeah, of the yeah, style. Yeah, I'm a fan of, massive fan of him as yeah, well. Yeah, but he's got a lot of, he's got yeah, his of own course, thing. He's just picked of course, yeah. and, and maybe that's it, right? Is Robert Whitaker the future in the sense that like, no one's going to really have your style. Wonder Boy's got a little bit of yeah, it as yeah, well. Yeah, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy. Um, but I think people might take things from it. Like how is your, the style of, of striking you come from Will you see more influence of it? Just will it be very style dependent. How do you see the future of it? So um, I actually posted a clip, weird enough, of uh, KSI's last knockout. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, it is just a. It was nice because even the responses and what people were saying, but it's nice to a reminder of what I have brought to the table. Whether everybody takes it or not is uh, one thing. There's a lot of young kids that I know come from my sport as well that are now training in our gym. So I know eventually it will, you know, it, it will creep Check back up again. More, yeah. yeah. And you see it even like um, Norbert Naveni, a lot of his styles now is bouncing. And a lot of the guys in my gym, they're moving how, you know, 
where I come from. Uh, we, we've, I've actually brought some guys from the points world into into shoot fighters and they're sparring with some of the guys. I'm like, I did not expect them to move like how we moved. I thought that was going to be our advantage, you know, be able to, be, they'll struggle to kind of find us. But I think I've brought something to the table, at least over here anyway, um, that I know people, it will continue and certain people will pick up certain a a, new template, attributes. in a way. I yeah, mean, not yeah, everybody yeah. can do it. You, you no, know, 100%, yeah. but it's, even at a basic level, it's it's uh, effective. Yeah, It's effective. People struggle to understand the bounce and the rhythm of it. Um, so even if they don't, you take away all the flashiness and it's just a basic bounce, people are landing some some shots. I'm right, seeing, wh- seeing a few people What influence? I, feel, I have a feeling there had to have been Prince Nassim Ahmed. Now, what influence did that have at all on anything? Weird enough, uh, it's, it's weird. I didn't watch boxing for a long time. So it was only when he was... Uh, like on his way out, I think just before his last fight, that I started watching a lot of his stuff. Before Muhammad Ali, it's only because my family, would, you know, was massively into uh, Ali, so I watched the boxing, and then I got into Penel Whitaker as well. Sure. So Sweet Pea was for my guy. Stuff. Oh, I, I love watching his stuff. Fluid like, movement. Oh, I mean, just yeah, yeah, it was just so beautiful. So like, I take I draw inspiration from everything, but it, it's not always martial arts based. Like right. uh, people have seen me. At, like I'm playing basketball while I'm fighting, and I love the movement of basketball. I've seen I've slipped punches, pretending that I'm crossing over someone. Mm. Slip punches and come back. So I, I just draw inspiration from absolutely anything, and I just try to be as creative as possible. But you're like kind of like a rock star in the cage, meaning you know what I mean. Like you're 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 doing two things at once. You're actively carrying out a game plan and winning fights, and you're not you know unapologetically flashy and entertaining yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and i in like you know you you've probably received criticism at times for <laughs> from, that but to balance the, that out <laughs> at the highest level and be who you, you are underneath mm. and also have massive success it's like that's the that's the model man. Uh, thank you and it's, it's i i don't think like I, I wouldn't in fact i would never have been able to do any other way if i had to try to just be or learn how a traditional mma fighter would be I'd, I'd lose a many, I would have lost a lot of fights and nobody would know who MVP even is. <laughs> um, so I, I, there was only one way I was going to do it. If, I, if it wasn't successful, it wasn't successful, but I, w- I had to do it my way. Well, uh, you've done a lot of it your way. Yeah. It's gone for the most part pretty damn well. Definitely, so congratulations on everything. You. Thanks for making the trip across no, London no, to come you. see us. March 10th, oh, you, you can got, see MVP. <laughs> Bellator 292. Yeah. Uchiyama Uchi, that is a hell of a fight. It's a great Cannot fight. Wait. A great fight. I'm Enjoy that trip to, to California. Oh yeah, that's a long one. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be out sleeping. <laughs> there he is, Michael Venom Page. <laughs>